Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with a wonderful actor. I sit down with Helen Behan. You will have seen Helen for sure in This Is England. Uh, you would have seen it in Virtues. Obviously, they're both um, the works of Shane Meadows. Um, we discuss Shane in this podcast. Um, you know, the way that Helen met Shane is an incredible story and we discuss that. And... For me, on that series, there was an incredible scene at the end of uh, This Is England 90 where most of the cast are sitting around a table and and the scene that that explodes is just some of the most powerful and brilliant television uh, I've ever seen. And Helen's very much involved in that. And... And to ask, you know, what that was like and how that, you know, was put together was, was, was a really, really... You know, important thing that I wanted to kind of get in the chat, and and Helen just goes in on it, and it's it's wonderful. Um, aside from all of that, Helen's got impeccable taste in music, and and we go in on it. And Helen likes to get uh, some honourable mentions in as well, so uh, don't expect one one song for each answer. Uh, we rattle off a load, and it's uh, and I like it when that happens. I like it when when people can't decide and there's, you know, there's loads of thought and efforts gone into it. And, and, you know, what you're about to hear is a lovely chat. Um, before we get on with it as well, I should say, if this is your first time listening to off the beaten track podcast, then, um, when you finish listening to my chat with Helen, go and explore the back catalogue because aside from all the musicians and producers and DJs I've had on, I've had lots of actors on. You can hear me talking to um, fellow This Is England star uh, Joe Hartley, uh, Amanda Abington, Maxine Peake, Michael Smiley. There's there's loads. Go and have a, a look in the archives. If you like conversations with you know musicians and such, then you can catch chats with uh, the Foo Fighters, Chuck D, Tommy Lee, Mel C, Fatboy Slim. Uh, go and have a, a little look in the archives because I'm sure you'll find something there that uh, tickle your fancy. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, you can do so. Uh, and the way that you do that is you head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com off the beat and track. And then for 71 pence a week, you support the podcast and you also get Access to another 200 radio shows and episodes and video episodes in the back catalogue. And each week I'll put up another few as well. So you get a load of bang for your buck and you get to support the podcast as well. 
If you need to know anything about all of this stuff I've just said, your one-stop shop is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, that's all the plug-in stuff done and all my uh, my waffle out of the way. So we're going to have some good chat now. And, uh, and it gives me great, great pleasure to say, please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Helen Behan. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we're recording. Joining me today via the means of Zoom, Helen Beham, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks for having me, Stu. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, before we talk records, uh, I just want to do the, the, the standard question now, which is, you know, we used to talk about the weather and things like that, but now yeah. we, we have to talk about a global pandemic. And so I just briefly want to ask you how you found the last, you know, 11 or so months, um, both as, as, as Helen, the human being, and as a, and as a creative as well? Um. I think it's been hell. <laughs> it's been hell. It's been very difficult. Um, I think we're very adaptable and it's not long before things kick in that we start just falling in line. And I mean, what else can you do? I mean, in a previous life, I was a nurse. So I'm, uh, um, I've been out working. I've been out. Um, I worked in a COVID hub when the, when the pandemic hit. So uh, um I was suited up like Neil Armstrong, visors and suits and all of that. Uh, And I was out, you know, in the thick of it. Uh, um, So that kept me sane. I think I've always worked, you know, I have a family, but when, when they were, you know, sturdy enough, I went back to work pretty quick. So I've always worked. So the prospect that I would be out of work in some some format was very daunting um but they put a national call out here as they did in the uk and and everywhere oh, is that is that what you responded to yes yes to, to, to come back to work uh, um so I, that kept me sane i think and uh, um my husband is like lockdown guy i think he should have his own theme tune he, he was really you know he was one of these people that just said this is you know mother nature giving us a breather and and so he he his work uh, he has he's a musician but his his day job um that had to shut down so he took to the garden and i mean as much as he tried to get me roped into weeding and he said it's very good for your hands to be in the soil i just can't keep a pot plant alive so <laughs> he did all the garden but he was really he, he, he was very positive and um you know he listens to records all day long so there was it, it was a kind of a happy place to be there was music playing and i mean the first lockdown was coming into the spring summer so i think this one's been tougher for that reason it's darker it's colder so so you know back in march april um the weather was good we, we have paddle boards and we live right beside the sea so it was like we just took off down the beach with the paddle boards and uh, and spent the time with the kids and and tried to make the most of it and there was kind of a feeling this is just temporary it'll blow over it was kind of on the second and now our third wave that things are a little more grim however the vaccine is out now so things are looking up a bit but yeah music and 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 that kind of positive energy around the house is how I got through it and I was working which kept me sane and I was doing auditions you, you know which um 
kept me feeling that the world was still turning at some level outside. Yeah. Now I was up in my attic in my little space with my camera and my lights. Um, it wasn't the same as going for auditions, but everybody's been doing that. Yeah. So uh, um, that's that's what I was at. Yeah. Well, let's talk records. And I mean, I don't know if it's it's the This Is England effect, but you sent me over your song choices and you done a Joe Hartley. You didn't send me one. You sent me about five for each one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been talking to Joe on the He always just lights up my life. I, it's very difficult. And I was talking to my husband about it. I said, you know, I'm doing this podcast. And it, when you look back over your catalogue of, of things that have influenced you and interest you, it changes year on year. There's certain bands and certain uh, music that keeps me in my childhood and always will. And there's certain bands that I think that's my band, you know, that's my, they're, they're my people. But I, it's too hard for me to give you one. It's like, what's your favourite movie? Who's your favourite actor? They're brilliant questions and they start a serious conversation they have had. I even, we had this game where I, I made this list with my husband. So I, I was going through the, the, you know, what's your, and he was coming up with his. And But I mean, like he's largely responsible for a lot of the music influence in my life. Um, well, I will, I, al- I, I will allow you honourable mentions, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm trying to stick to It's very, very difficult. It's very difficult. So the first one uh, uh, was the best song intro. Yes. This is the one that most people struggle with. There's so many good ones. There's so many good ones. But I suppose uh, for me... Every time I hear this intro to this song, it puts me back in that happy place. And so for that reason, even though it may not be the best, it's my best. It's my favourite. And it's um, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And I just love it. And I remember sitting in my mom's back garden and I know we were... I don't know what age, seven, eight, sunning ourselves in the back garden and we had a little radio sitting on the grass and this blasted out and I just felt that carefreeness of, of, of being a kid and every time I've heard it since, it makes my heart go to that place and cheers me up and I sing along and I know I'm like a lunatic in the car, I turn it up full blast and I, you know, it constantly brings me back to that moment and so for that reason I chose that my honourable mentions <laughs> are uh, um, The Stranglers Golden Brown I mean that Say Magnifique I, 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 that song is another one that's they're timeless to me that you know and I think and this is maybe what old people say about young people god all the music now is just shit <laughs> I can't tell one song from the other. Where's all the punks? Where's all the rockers? Where's the ska? Where you know, it's very hard to see. Is is that just age? Is that a no, I don't think I've had this conversation um, about kind of tribalism in music because yeah. I'm 47 and, and when I was a teenager, I, you know, you pick your tribe. You know, and mm. then you wear your colours on your sleeve and, you yes, know. and this is who I belong to. And yeah. I do think that Spotify and YouTube has exposed the next, gen- you know, the younger generations to anything. So they, yes. it's not like they can only afford one record a week. They can have the world at their fingertips. Yes. And I think that has meant, it's good and bad, but I do think yes. it means that, you know, I speak to my children and they're like, yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, I like that. 
Whereas yeah. I'd be like, well, I'm not allowed to like that because I like this. <laughs> and so I do think that's, that, that's, that's partly responsible to it. But I just want to pick up on, on, on Tears for Fears. Mm. Um, who I think are an in, in, incredible band, and, and especially mm. that that record that that um, that that singles from, mm. and that's one of them songs. Whilst we're speaking of like you know younger generations, that if that ever comes on in my car, my kids sing along, and I'm mm. always like, "How do you know this?" And they're like, mm. "I don't know." And it's just, it's, <laughs> I, I love that some th- songs are so interwoven in the very fabric. Yes. It, they just find their way, and that's they one of them. They appeal to everybody. Yes, it absolutely is. I mean, I find myself singing songs, it, 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 or listen to my kids singing songs, and I sing along. And they say, "How do you know that?" And I say, "That song was out when I was young." They they're amazed that this good yeah. music, or that their mother's aware of this good music. Yeah, but they're everything's been stolen, and you, you know all these samples of songs that were great are put into these other songs and but it's a way of keeping these bands alive and Spotify you know it helps them discover and I think it absolutely has its place but I struggle with that because I was tribal I had my my gang I had my look you wore your makeup and your clothes to go with the whole thing and now it's just everybody looks like everybody and I miss that you know well we'll pick up on that look a little bit later um (laughs) but first of all uh for track two helen i'm going to ask you for the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please another tough one another tough one and i mean lots of songs do have emotional impacts and it's hard to remember back to being a kid but the song i chose for this i was four years old um and i had to look back you know to the when of it because it was my aunt wedding and uh, it was Stevie Wonders I just called to say I love you <laughs> and it seems cheesy and we just got a, a, a new record player and so we're kind of rehashing all our vinyl collection but um, he came home the other day with Stevie Wonder and we just the one thing Spotify you don't do as much is listen to the whole album whereas when you've got a record you know you sit there with the album and you just remember how talented and how wonderful and I just listened to that record and and that song it's all to do with attachment and memory and and happiness music and sadness but it brings me back I was a flower girl at that wedding it was in the 80s it was whatever 83 or 84 but it's the earliest song I remember I'm sure there's probably some before it but I was sliding up and down this wooden floor in this um, old hotel at this wedding reception uh, and this song was on and everybody was in a good mood they're probably all jarred it was an Irish wedding (laughs) but I remember thinking all my family's here everyone's having a great time and that song really kind of uh, burnt something onto my heart it was you know and so it always has a a place there for that reason it's really weird that it's kind of one of them songs that you sort of you're not meant to everyone's meant to love stevie wonder and rightly so but that song's (laughs) the one you're meant to sort of skip on the best of and it's like yeah but the same issue that's a very it's probably the first stevie wonder record i'd ever heard and, mm. you know, it's only as I got older that I, you know, ventured back and, and got into Stevie Wonder. But it's almost like the kind of little sort of smear on his career that you're not meant to kind of, you know, recognise that one, even though it was probably the biggest hit. That really baffles me because I, I, I still, it, it's the, the, the melody and 
it's the heart, the heart of that song. And then w- when I was older, it was like dancing to superstition and, yeah. and those, you know, when I was so far removed from that song. But that's, I, I think it's a beautiful song and I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. It's, it's a, um, low down on his on his uh, uh, collection of great stuff because yeah. I, I think it's a great song. I mean, that's also testament to just how many amazing records he has got in his uh, mm. in, in his back mm. catalogue as well. But where, where where was all this happening? Where where was home, Helen? So, uh, um, Laytown, Town, Betty's Town, it's County Mead, so it's on the east coast, about an hour outside Dublin, and um, we've kind of always stayed here. I mean, it drifted off uh, as a teenager, uh, as a you know young woman here and there, but I've ended back here. Um, I, I like the sea, and it's right beside us. I was filming last year in Glasgow for... Uh, um, God, I'm wiping out a whole year there. It's the year before. Oh, no, everyone's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was two years ago. Um, but I, we were in Glasgow and I, I found the one thing that really uh, um, was difficult was being away from the sea. So uh, um, I, I don't think I'll ever leave here, you know, ever leave the coast or I'll be beside the sea wherever I go. But yeah, that's where home is. Okay, well, let's talk uh, a little bit more about those formative years, because for track three, uh, I'm going to ask you, Helen, for the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. And so this one was, you know, primary school or secondary school or college years, and and each one has its own soundtrack. Of course it does. (laughs) But (laughs) I remember going on a school trip uh, to Germany, and I was 14 or 15 and, I mean, asking for the money to go because there was no extra money. There was like a clatter of us. There was loads of kids and uh, um, everybody was going. And I just thought, I can't even ask because there'll be no money. I won't be able to. So I was actually crying asking them. <laughs> I know there's no chance. But is there any? And I think it was like £200 or something at the time, which was colossal and um, they said yeah you can go and I just was on cloud nine and I had a, a walkman and I had the police uh, um, the the greatest hits and I played that music the whole way through that trip and when you do that when you're somewhere it attaches those songs to those memories and um, message in a bottle, another great intro. Oh, song. what an intro. You know, it was a touch and go there, but that but for intro numbers, but that one really, um, because on some level, I feel like uh, um, if I didn't live here, I'd live in Berlin. I just love Germany and everything about it. But I, I um listened to that and I fell in love on the boat on the way home with some dude from Cork and I was you know young and impressionable and this was the soundtrack to all of that you know heartbreak and angst and all that teen stuff and it just lives in my memory and the police I suppose were my teenage band yeah and my I, I mean because they're interwoven with another band uh, and that's the Cranberries and, and, and Dolores O'Riordan. So it was her and Sting were vying for my attention the whole way through my school years. But yeah, Message in a Bottle uh, um, and the police were probably my school days. How was school? I mean, I went to an all-girls convent uh, and um, I, I don't... Uh, 
I, I was in primary school around here and then I went to kind of South County Dublin to, to um, an all-girls convent. And it was great crack. It was great crack. I mean, I, I did all right at school. Um, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. I had a good time at it. I made the most of it. Um, and that's where I fell in love with drama, I suppose. There wasn't any drama clubs around here uh, when I was younger. So my first kind of opportunity to to show off was a school play in secondary school and um so I had a great time our year was the first to have the transition year the fourth year uh, back in 90 I don't remember <laughs> one of the 90s and um it, it was a year off it was a year to go to Germany and to do school plays and have a great time and uh I was Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady and um I had a ball and I just remember going out on stage thinking I I'm I could feel my uh, lust for for drama and for showing off and for having the crack and uh, and being it so that's where I discovered that and so I always think of school fondly for that reason although I probably pissed a few teachers off and gotten a bit of trouble but I, I mean I I had a good time at school and. Um, and discovered drama there I mean there was not no outlet afterwards so I became a nurse I mean it seemed back then in those times with no money a bit of a pipe dream to want to be an actor so it was something that I you know wanted but it was more achievable attainable to become a nurse um so I did and it stayed like that for a long time and then um I met Shane Meadows and that was the turning point Tell me about that. So uh, um, I, I mentioned that my husband is a musician. My sister's husband is a musician. We kind of grew up with the lads playing music, us going out to pubs for sessions and having the crack. And we've a lovely catch pub around the corner here. And um, they were playing music there one night. And Shane was there on his little sojourn with his wife over here in Betty's town. And... I mean, we'd known that there was people in the area of interest and like a small town, there's plenty of gossip and, you know, you're talking celebrity sightings. And anyway, we went down to the pub and uh, I used to sing with my sisters. We do at Christmas parties when we're drunk still, but uh, um, my they've had various uh, album launches and they're all songwriters and they've played at a few festivals and so we've sang with them back and singing. Um, they did Electric Picnic a couple of years. Uh, um, so, so they're very good. They're not aware of themselves. They kind of do it for the crack, but they are very good. But they were down in the pub. I talk a lot, Stu. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> Jesus. That's what a podcast's all about, mate. <laughs> but so they were down there this night playing and myself and the girls went down. We were having an almighty crack and my friend said to me, there's Shane Meadows at the bar. And I thought, this is a sign from the gods. This is unbelievable. This is a small town. Nothing ever happens here. I have to get up to him. So how aware of who Shane was? was you at that point what had you so seen I, and... I couldn't I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup, but I knew Dead Man's Shoes I knew This Is England and I loved those and I thought God whoever's done this is genius sure. and and so there he was so I thought if nothing else I have to tell him he's brilliant and I'm sure people like him get 
pissed off with people telling them, you know, when they're trying to be out enjoying themselves. But Shane is so affable and he's so friendly and he's so himself, no matter what. That sorry, there's a racket. Dad's shush. I told them I was on a Zoom. So it's like central <laughs> station here. But um, so so I, 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 my friend said to me, "That's him. That's him at the bar." So. I thought, well, all he can do is say, listen, I'm trying to enjoy a drink here, piss off. But he was wide open for the crack. So we were having a few drinks, a few baby Guinness, chatting, talking, you know, what are you doing here? You're just chatting, just chatting and having a laugh. And at the end of the night, I thought, right, you're going now. What am I going? I felt this kind of urge, this panic to, to let him know. <laughs> you know, I wanted to do something. And what did I think he could do? God knows, probably nothing. And um, I said, you know, how do you get involved? And he said, well, can you act? And I said, oh, I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I knew I wanted to. I knew I had done things 20 years ago in school. I didn't know what I was capable of now. And he said, well, give me your number. And I thought, right, that's great. I'll, I'll get a bit of, I wrote it on the till receipt. Um, give me a name and put my number and made sure I put the code in front and everything so there'd be no mistakes. And he kind of carefully, you know, folded it and minded it and put it away. And I thought if nothing else happens now, I've had a great night. And off he went. And a month later or so, he rang and brought me to, you know, over to Nottingham to do an audition and... I was sick as a pig. I thought, I've asked for this now. What have I done? I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm out of my depth. And I was told fastly around here, cop on, get over there and show them what you can do. And I did. And he gave me a job. And here I am, you know, 10 years later, still doing it because of him. You know, really because of him. Oh, that's incredible. It's mental. It's mental. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so. I realise I'm doing this to myself all the time. You're here happening you know so do you do you do you suffer with like sort of imposter syndrome at all i'm desperate i'm absolutely desperate i'm better than i was i mean after that phone call i was violently ill for a month waiting to go over <laughs> like, like puking 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 and watching everything you know over and over steadfastly uh, and then i like it, it's great for the old figure i was just couldn't eat nothing i was just sick as a pig and then as time goes on and you get a bit more kind of self-confidence and and people in the know say you're all right you're doing all right you can have a word with yourself and 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 get it you you know get through it but definitely because of the way I came into it I feel like there's people that have gone to drama college and there's people that are you know working away and hoofing away at it and I just got lucky I know I got lucky Jesus Christ I know and I I, you made your own luck though you made your own luck okay I, 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 people are telling me that, you know, and Shane said to me, I, I got you here, but you had to keep yourself there. And, and so I wanted it, but he definitely pulled me up onto the ladder. So I, I, I grabbed out with the two hands. That's, I saw my chance and I took it, you know, but I, I didn't, I feel like it, it was a gift, literally a gift. And that I, I was brought in the door, whereas other people are fighting to get in the door. And I feel like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in the door. I feel like I should be, you know, I'm watching me back all the time in case I get found out, <laughs> you know, I, but, but I'm getting better. And obviously the lovely BAFTA nomination and all those things that happened last year, not this year. I'm uh, trying to me timelines and the stars of tomorrow list and all that stuff that happened. 
is mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And I'm careful with myself. I think it's wonderful that it's happened. And really, all I want to do is work. So I'm trying to accept all that loveliness and keep a level head about it and say, at any moment, this could disappear. So I'm just running with it and making the most of it. And music is a massive part of that. You know, it's a massive part of that. Okay. Well, let's let's talk music. Uh, what was the first record you remember buying? Mm. Now, I have two for this as well. <laughs> because the first record I was gifted, was given, was Monster Hits. And I did a program recently and the guy said, I can't believe you're admitting, like a lot of people would say, mm, the first record I bought is a real moody number by The Cure or, you know, whatever. I, I had to say out loud, I had this monster hits thing with like 808 State and, uh, and um, uh, uh, fucking Gloria Estefan and don't know who else was on it. But Ride on Time was on it. Uh, um, Ride on Time by... Black Box. Black box. And that, uh, I remember putting it on my little record player and just playing it over and over and over and singing into the hairbrush. And he, So that was the first record I was gifted. The first record I bought, I was trying to remember, was it The Police or was it uh, um, uh, um, uh, No Need to Argue, The Cranberries? It was, it was one or other. I, I was listening to them both heavily and I can't quite figure out which is which, but they were in around the same time. As, uh, you know, being Irish and being a woman, was you, you know, did you feel, you know, fiercely proud of, of the Cranberries and Dolores? I remember going to the Point Theatre, which is now the O2, and I was 15 and I went with my friend and they were playing. And it, I think it's the first concert I was ever at. And her mother dropped us up and we were allowed to go in and we were being picked up steadfastly outside at such o'clock. But I remember feeling like a real grown up and going into the concert and thinking we were on our own. And we, you know, and then she started to sing. And it's happened to me at a few concerts. It sounds a bit kind of knobby to say it out loud. But do you ever get that breath taken away? And that doesn't happen a lot. And she was so, I've learned about her since. She was in so much pain. She was such a broken woman, really. And that came out in her voice. And it used to make me cry listening to it. And so, I mean, it's a tool I use now when I'm acting. You know, I I make a a playlist for every character. I make a playlist. I, I use songs that I think the character listened to. And I use songs that I think will put me in a place emotionally. And I use songs like that that reach into me heart and soul and make me feel and twist and and that's the first time I ever remember feeling that huge from her vocal yeah and then when I got older and more mature and listened to what she was really singing about you know past the haunting melody and everything else I really felt I understood her and I was absolutely devastated when she passed away um especially because it was a result of this turmoil and this thing that had happened to her as a kid. And so uh, I, I, I think I remember feeling immense pride and thinking she's Irish and my God, she sounds so different. 
and and she was known globally then I think anybody can you know the world is possible for anybody and and it's just such a pity that I I think out of her great sadness and brokenness came this absolutely beautiful music and maybe without that heartbreak she it she might have had a different sound or a different feeling to the music Sadly, it was part and parcel of what made her absolutely wonderful to listen to. And I still listen to the same record, you know, and the same songs. And um, yeah, it was devastating. But she she definitely was the backdrop to to my teenage years up into, you know, up until she passed. I've I've always listened to her. I did the newer stuff. I. I liked some of it. I didn't like all of it. Um, but definitely, you know, when she started out, she was this just targy, you know, stand up for yourself, outspoken, you know, crazy, beautiful singer. And and I, I've never, probably never attached to another vocalist in quite the same way as her. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're having a, a day where you're feeling low, you know, a little blue, do you do you reach for monster hits or do you, you know, <laughs> sling on sling on something somber and, you know, kind of process it and, and you know, immerse that emotion? I mean, I definitely, I definitely remember, you know, having, during heartbreaks, putting on Sarah McLaughlin and, put, you know, listening to, I mean, all of that stuff um, and letting myself cry and letting, you know, oh God, the well-begotten heartbreak of uh, of young love, you know, <laughs> things will never be the same again. <laughs> and you cry that out and, and music helps you and then you're kind of relieved. Now I, I you know, I blast, I mean, my, my which is down the line for us, the clubbing music, 
that my, my, my kids look at me in the kitchen, especially during lockdown, and I have, you know, uh, the prodigy on in the kitchen at full tilt. Sorry, neighbours. <laughs> Sorry to the neighbours. And they think I'm crazy, but I'm dancing fast in the kitchen to that music, and it makes me happy, and it releases endorphins in a way that I don't do as much now that I'm not raving and 18. You know, I, that music still, and dancing to that music cheers me up so i think when i'm having a, a rough one it's it's uh it's dance music well let's let's talk let's talk raving um yeah. for track five uh the uh can i have uh well i know you've got a, <laughs> a shitload for this one as well <laughs> I have a the songs that soundtrack your years clubbing please so, uh, oh my God, I'm looking at, I missed out on Pearl Jam there and Erasure and everything else. Oh, let's, let's, let's go there. Let's go there because yeah, yeah, um, well, I'd love to talk about Erasure. I've got tickets to see them and I, I, I missed them the last time they were here. And I got myself two tickets. My sister bought me tickets. My husband bought me tickets. Everybody knew how much I wanted to go. So I've got like eight tickets and now I don't think it's going to happen because of this fucking lockdown. But I remember and my love affair with Erasure comes from my aunt and my uncle, my mom's sister and my mom's brother. And I used to babysit for her. You know, she, she she had small kids and they used to all come back from the pub and she'd make a chili and she'd whack on a razor. And she was the cool auntie. So she, you know, you know the way your kids are. Your mom and dad haven't got a clue and your auntie is younger and she's just really cool. And she used to play respect uh, erasure and loads of erasure. And we used to just dance in the living room and now she'd be half caught <laughs> and I'd, I'd be after babysitting but I, I remember ha- having a great time and listening to Erasure and all my sisters it's kind of a family thing with us uh, um, so all my sisters are going to Erasure as well and that's our kind of our dance night you know we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get going to that but I lo- lo- love Erasure love them oh, you, v- love Vin- them. Vince Clark he's from where I'm from and uh, and <clears throat> He's like when he was in Depeche Mode, like they cut their teeth playing in, in Depeche Mode. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! See, I'll be here all day. Oh, honestly, well, they're 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 the hometown heroes, and they all cut their teeth. I, I, I run a club, and and they they all were like the resident bands in, back in the early eighties and stuff like that. And Vince is a real hero. I, I was lucky. I was lucky enough. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on this podcast, but one of the club nights I run, I managed to get in touch with Andy Bell. And said, "Look, would you would you like to put club night on?" And he went, "I'd love to." So we put this oh little club night together. And he went, "I'll sing it if you want." And I went, "What?" And like, oh and he literally like oh, stood on this oh tiny little stage in this like, small venue in London that was just a you know a little club. And he had a backing track, and he sung "Respect." He sung "It Doesn't Have to Be" sometimes. And I was standing oh, there. Oh my god! I was standing there. With your microphone. Like it, it was, I mean, I saw them in '88 at Milton Keynes Bowl when Wild come out, and it was like the first big gig I've ever been to. There was ninety thousand there, and I remember thinking, I thought Andy Boy was the greatest frontman ever. He was oh, so he was, flamboyant, yeah. and his voice was incredible, and it's just perfect pop music, Eurasia. Oh my god! And and I thought I stood in that crowd at ninety, and now I'm watching him sound check, and there's only like me and my mate here. Whilst oh. he's singing that, it, it was mental, I'm Helen. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. Um, I mean, the, the joy of listening to him 
is that he just does something to your feet and makes you want to move them and sing along and I, I just, I, I love them. I love them, and I'm so jealous. Oh my God! <laughs> I, I've never mentioned. I, I didn't sort of go. Let's talk erase. I called crowbar that story, and I really didn't. I just, no. I, I love that band. So it's like any opportunity to talk about erase. I, t- I would never stop telling that story. <laughs> never. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk raving. So, so where where was raving? And what was your raving so, to? I, I mean, listen to you talking about your club and your 90,000. I mean, small seaside village. Our club was in Drogheda and it was called Luciano's. And it was this small nightclub, you know, where the DJ stops over the track and talks. And you're like, shut up. <laughs> talking over the whole track. But it, I, I, I think 16, 15, 16, 17, you know, snaking out to club saying, I'm going to stay at my pal's house and all that caper. I bet not the kids hear me saying that. And... Um, it, I mean, it was, I've listed them here. I've two, I've two lists, I've ten lists. The lists are everywhere. Um, so I remember going to it at this thing, uh, Cream Fields. It was like uh, uh, this outdoor festival. And it was um, back in the madness, you know. And uh, um, uh, Leftfield were playing. And we got disjointed from from the gang, me and, me and this my friend and we happened upon Leftfield and I uh, they started playing Afro Left and the place lifted up off the ground and we stopped what we were doing and just danced like lunatics and it's a memory created and for that reason that song whenever I hear it I get up stop what I'm doing and dance to it because it was mental and you could just see the crowd you know it was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal but that's that's later before that came before that was like the shaman and the prodigy out of space and move any mountain and two unlimited and snap and you know uh, um Oh my God, what else? Ebony's are good. Like they were all the songs and this dude, this DJ, they're the songs he played every week and, you know, they were guaranteed to fill the floor and then there was a slow set where everybody was smooching in the corner. So weird. What I mean, why does that not happen anymore? It was like... I know, it's brilliant. How do they meet each other? They I know. Snapchat. 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 Snapchat crap. I, you know, because I've learned with the girls growing up... You know, you don't, uh, I said, do you not, you know, talk to a guy and you fancy him and then you go and your friend asks him, you know, do you want to get the shift or whatever? And it doesn't happen like that. They just, they have a weird way of communicating with each other now. And I feel sad for them that they missed all that. They missed the slow sets and the, you know, six inches for the Holy Ghost between you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. Like, because, you know, my, my daughters are like 18 and 16. And if I ever said to them, like, you know, when you go to a club, like, around about sort of quarter to two, they're going to play something like Alita Adams and you're going to have a slow dance. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just going to move back and move slowly. But it, it kind of gave 
you know, sh- I mean, I would never in a million years have ever had the confidence to have gone up to like a girl at the bar and said, all right, can I buy you a drink? But mm. the minute like the slow songs come over, it kind of was an opportunity to go, uh, do you want to have a dance? And like, yeah, and it, no, there was a knowing glance just <laughs> denying each other. Now's the time. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I miss it. I miss it. Because like now, the, 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 there's no way to meet people like that. Yeah. Club is all, and uh, God, don't get me wrong, I love dancing all night, clubbing all night, that's great. But for that age group, they're missing a trick. They really are. The one thing they're not missing for guys is that thing where, because this is, you know, I'm talking pre-mobile phones. So I yes. had to then ring the girl's landline, always answered by the dad, and <laughs> nervously ask if she was in, and then get a couple of, like, <laughs> aggy questions from the dad. All right, who are you? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it was. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, the memories. Or my dad would say to them, she's not here. And I'd be in the, dad, get off the phone. Winding, winding them up, yeah. We had a pay phone as well. There was loads of us. So we got, ended up getting a pay phone in the hall. You had to have your 20Ps to ring your boyfriend. And oh, yeah. Brilliant. Good times. Good times. Um, <laughs> well, for track six, I'm going to take you home. And, and I want a song yes. from an artist from your home county, please. So, from my home county, or from my... No, I missed that, you see. That's home all right. You, you, you're probably... A, you're, you're in the I 90% of people. I have it, but I did, it wasn't from my home county, uh, um, even though I could probably... Mm. Declan O'Rourke is an Irish artist I love. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he, 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 we've got this programme here called Other Voices, Um I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's an abandoned church in Dingle and um, Aidan Gillen has hosted once upon a time and other, you know, other various people host it. But they bring musicians to this church uh, in Dingle in County Kerry. It's this beautiful, you know, rocky seaside, um, wild landscape at the end of the country. And all these musicians um, up and coming that you may or may not have heard of, and they're all unbelievable perform on this uh, in this church and it's broadcast it's called other voices and it's a beautiful show how did i get onto that that's how i discovered Declan o'rourke he was on it but you should look him up um he's brilliant uh, and he was another one whose voice um he's got this madness of black curly hair and uh, this uh, just stunning voice which you don't think is going to come out of him and it's very soulful and beautiful and uh, so he he would be a local artist i love but the song i had picked was friends in time by the golden horde okay and so then for, for, sure uh, um and that's again for 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 how it makes me feel it's all coming back to that and that's what music is isn't it it's it's a, what it stirs in you but the golden horde obviously the cranberries are my go-to irish artist and there's so many to pick from but Declan O'Rourke's voice and Friends in Time as a song as an Irish artist song I mean I love Luke Kelly I think um, Johnny Moynihan um, there's some old Irish singers whose voices 
I, I would have grown up listening to, you know, that kind of music, going to my mom's relatives in Waterford and going to Shanna Key, which is Irish for a storyteller. And you'd have Shanna singers, so you'd be in the pub and it would be quiet. And then some man would just start singing on his own, this beautiful Shanna it's a it's a strange wavering melody and there are all kinds of different songs and women as well you know in the day pubs were packed with these singers and and drinkers and it was a great tradition and a great way to be introduced to music that kind of music um but i suppose the musician that I'm married to that lives in this house they they would have been all his influences Luke Kelly and um, Andy Irvine and Planksty and um, all of that kind of music they've morphed and changed into all sorts but but I would have been aware of all those influences through him and and so there's endless brilliant Irish music. So one of the things uh, I just want to touch on um, this is England once more just because just talking about being moved by music. Um, mm. I mean, Ludovico. I mean, Shane obviously has, has, has so much great music uh, in, mm. in in this is England. Um, but one of the things that 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 moved me to 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 that kind of feeling of breathlessness that you mentioned mm. when you saw um, the, the Cranberries live. Um, tell me what it was like sitting around that table uh, on the last uh, was it the last episode or the second from last episode. In in ninety, is it? Yeah. England ninety, uh, heartbreaking. How much of that was ad lib? I mean, Jack Thorne and Shane have this amazing structured script in place, and I mean, you cling to it because it, it's the very bones of the story. But he wants it to sound authentically yours. So if you have to change a little bit or, or you know, meander off the page, that's allowed, which is gives great freedom as an actor and it just doesn't happen really anywhere else. It just doesn't. I mean, it's very rare that you'll get that privilege. But I think for maybe two or three hours that morning, we sat in in those rooms in that house having a discussion about what the subject matter is and where the story needed to go and what our personal um, input was so everybody I'm sure Joe said the same it's like group therapy everybody ends up talking about their own stuff and he gets you to a certain place emotionally so everybody's pouring out their shit and uh, and connecting and talking and being upset and being relieved and all of those things all these mix of emotions and then as this is happening and it's not calculated with him it's just really the way he operates the cameras are being beckoned in the back because he knows you're ready he gets you to that point kind of uh, organically for want of a less wanky word gets you there by going through your own stuff and so you're in a heightened state you know where the story has to go but you've not that you've forgotten that the cameras are there but you're you're there ready emotionally there and then he just says let's see what happens and the cameras roll and he puts Ludovico and Audi over the back of it and that's it there's no you know nobody left that isn't on their knees, watching it, feeling it. Everybody was exhausted after it. But it was honest. It was truthful. The dynamite that had to come out in that is how it, 
that would fly out, uh, you know, at a, people sitting around trying to contain their emotions, trying not to say what's really on their mind, which is what you do when you're with your family. You don't ball out. You try and, you know, save the arguments for Christmas. You know, you're, you're holding on to your shit and then something happens and you can't and everybody's shit comes out. And, and it really felt very charged, very emotional and very much you know, concern for Kelly, concern for Lalk, that that all that stuff was felt around the table. It was a real event, you, you know, in in an, in a pretend setting. It was bizarre, but that's Shane's utter brilliance. And I don't say that lightly, and people say about him all the time, he's a genius, but he, he very much knows the human heart, uh, um, because of what his own heart has been through, I think a lot, and and and, uh, and he writes it very well and knows it very well. But he has some relationship with music, and we've talked about it at length. I mean, I remember sitting in the pub with him one night, and and um, um, the Smiths, uh, um, you know that one. Uh, um, what difference does it make? Put that on the jukebox, and we were talking about it, and. You know that, and it ended up in in yeah eighty six. Yeah. I think the yeah. intro, yeah, would have been yeah, yeah. But he he what an intro that record is. That's amazing. There's another one, <laughs> but he he he. I mean, I remember him telling me he went to to had discovered Ludovico and went to meet him and showed him a, a piece of footage and just said, you know what can you do and he, he came back with this just absolutely beautiful piece of music that seemed to sit so well he goes to the end of the earth Shane to find the right thing because he wants it to be he wants it to speak and he wants it to last and he wants it to stay with you and it does and it has and that's a combination of how he works with actors and and absolutely the music he puts in. I mean, we had on the virtues. Uh, um, we had uh, um, what's her name? Oh my god! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I can't remember. Her name escapes me. Let me look it up. She did the music uh, um, for the virtues, and uh, we had been listening to a lot of Soft Jan Stevens, who I love, 
and he had gone through thinking that perhaps some of that stuff might backtrack it and then the more it changes and morphs the more it needs to be something else so, sorry to interrupt was it it was Polly Harvey wasn't it PJ Harvey yeah it was PJ Harvey yeah it was and it, that's exactly who he went to and she came up with this unbelievable uh, um, tune for the front and the music throughout and it, it, it's so integral to, to, to the finished product that uh, um, he, he goes to the ends of the earth to get the right thing and he has heavily influenced my, my musical taste as well we've talked about at length, I mean he loves the Stone Roses and he, d- he did their documentary we went over to see that and he, he talked about being a fan and making that and feeling that uh, um, he was worried about, you know, um, being able to accurately stand back and, and tell the story because he was so, his love for them was so intense, you know, all his life. And I think he was just so grateful for the opportunity to do it and, and he knows the lads. And I, I, I think I... You know, don't meet your heroes and all that. That's a case where that didn't apply. I think they, yeah. they got on like a house on fire. But um, the music he uses is is paramount to the success and staying power of, of the work, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Last track. Mm. Helen, I want you to tell someone about a song that they may not know that you would like them to hear. Okay, uh, um, there's loads. <laughs> I'll be here for six years. Um, so I only myself discovered the Cocteau Twins. Oh. Like a couple of years ago. Not long enough that I've missed out all the 90s and all that stuff, but I'm catching up. But Ice Blink Look would be one of my favourite tunes in a, in the same dolorous way that it gets into me. Their melodies, their... You know, I have to go back over it and say, what are they talking about? This, Who are these people? This is... Like, they're amazing. That wasn't what I picked, by the way. <laughs> and that's my honourable mention. Okay. What I picked was uh, a song called Back Pocket by Wolfpack. Mm. And it's a very upbeat um, song and the beats are different and it's just go and discover them. They're brilliant. And also... (laughs) My third honourable mention. uh, Fruit Bats, Absolute Loser. So I don't know if you've heard of them. I've listened to... um, That was the only one of your list that I'd I'd not heard before. And and I listened to that today. It's great. They've got got some great tracks. And uh, um, that's, again, through my my musical husband that I've discovered those bands. Um, And the guy who used to teach me piano, actually, used to live across the street. He's in Berlin now producing music. But he was into Tame Impala and and all of these weird bands that I hadn't heard of. Tame Impala are a little bit more mainstream now. But uh, um, Wolfpack, Back Pocket, every time it goes on, it makes me get me dancing shoes on so i that discover go and discover go and discover and spotify is great for that they'll suggest this body and that body to you that you haven't heard before but find your groove people wear your gothic makeup choose your band well we, we can <laughs> help them do that 
because we put together a, a Spotify playlist, Helen, um, to accompany this podcast with all of the songs that you've spoken about today. So people Amazing. can go and get stuck into all of it. Um, as we sort of find ourselves, you know, we're recording this at the, the you know, the, the beginning of February 2021. As as this year's starting to kind of uh, you know, unfold. You touched upon it at the, at the beginning that, you know, the vaccinations are being rolled out, um, you know, with a positive kind of spin on it and, 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 you know, and hoping for the best this year. What are you looking forward to personally and what's coming up professionally? Personally, I miss, uh, um, I miss the cinema. I miss the theatre. I went for a walk today on the beach with my husband. He said, we walked past the pub, which is closed. And he said, Jesus, I'd just love to have a pint and chat to somebody at the bar. I mean, I miss that not as much, but I miss the cinema. I miss, Those are the things I want to get back to. Going out to the theatre, going out for dinner with my friends. That's I want to get back to that. Um, and I think it's coming, you know, I do think it's coming. I think we seem to be slower than you guys for some reason uh, rolling out the vaccines, but we're getting there. Um, so I'm hoping to God to get back. I think we're in our third wave here. Everybody's completely pissed off. We've done it before. And the last lockdown, the evenings were brighter and it was warmer. This is kind of all a bit a bit miserable and a bit magoo. So I, I'm looking forward to the spring, the weather change, the cold lifting, a new beginning, like for everybody. I think if the days are longer and there's a bit of sun and you can get out, you feel better and you're, you know, it just lifts you. Um, professionally, I am going to uh, um, next week, I'm going to Sweden for a couple of months filming a project, which I don't know how much I can say about it yet. So I, I better not say too much more. I'm so excited, nervous to get on an airplane, but excited to be going somewhere that's not my house. <laughs> Yeah. for you know for a little while and to meet new people and work with new people and and it's a scary thing you know going from um it's something that my my friends my lay friends as I call them talk to me about you know god going to meet somebody new and being in an intense situation and having to be with them all day and having to make friends with them it's it's I'm good at it. I, I I'm go, I'm okay with meeting new people. I like my own company too. I've discovered that a lot during this lockdown. I'm all right by myself, you know, for the most part. I do miss my friends, but I'm okay on my own. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting new people on this job. I hope that they're nice and it goes okay. I hope I do a good job professionally, and then I'll be looking forward to getting back to seeing the family. I just I'm happy to be back at work. And I did a couple of jobs just at the end of last year, masked up and masks off just before camera rolls and test every day and all that stuff. It's a different way of working now. How long it's going to be like this, I don't know. But we do adapt. We are adaptable and we're doing it. We're making, you know, programs, we're making television, we're making films in this way. And I hope that the year is filled with auditions and jobs and and uh, um dancing and music that's that's what I want you know just I think what it has done I think we spent an awful lot of money on shit we didn't need we were doing an awful lot of stuff we didn't need to be doing I think it showed us the rat race it showed me the rat race and I'm glad of the pandemic for that. It's highlighted what's important and knowing that your family are okay, worrying about your parents, worrying that, you know, is everybody going to be okay? Knowing that they are is paramount over everything else. 
and all the other stuff we've lived without it I mean we miss it but we've managed and I think hopefully we'll, we'll readjust our attitude you know to how we are with one another and to how we look at life materialistically and and, and and be better people hopefully be better because we were rat race savages I think we're all caught up in the speed and you know mass consumerism and you think oh fuck I, I'm not going to be able to buy that eyeshadow and it doesn't matter like it's all shit it just doesn't matter I know the shops won't be happy to hear that but I've really reevaluated what's what's vital, and that's just you, you can't be happy all day every day. But try and and music, like look at how music has helped us in the last few months, and and television and film. You know, the creative industry we rely on it heavily in this last year. Well, I have. You know, we need it. We need to be lifted out of ourselves. We need to see people we can relate to. We need to feel. And when we don't have anywhere else to go, that comes from music and it comes from our screens. And, you, you know, it's it's going to be good to get back to participating and creating that and also learning to absorb what we have and enjoy it and, and dance in our kitchens and not worry about the small shit, really. Couldn't agree more. That was so beautifully put. <laughs> Helen, it's been an absolute delight talking records with you. Thank you so really much have- for your time, mate. Thank you, Stu. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I've loved listening to all the other podcasts. I'm tuned in. And thank you for, for doing it. We we need them. Thank you so much. Oh, what a pleasure. You. Oh, absolutely. Lovely. Thank you so much, mate. Take care, Stu. Stay safe and well. There you go. What a chat. Oh, how lovely was Helen. That was such a joy. And I mean... I just love that, just strolling up to him uh, and just feeling that kind of urge that if I don't say it now and, and you know, how that, you know, has, has, has changed the direction of, of Helen's life was, was, was fascinating to hear that. And, yeah, just so many great records. And I just loved that she described, you know, just hearing that just took her breath and it got that sort of pang in her chest as well. I just, I, I love that. And that's what this podcast is about, just that kind of honest depiction of the emotion that, that records can bring on and those moments and, and, you know, how it's such a strong moment that, you know, you can trace it back so many years. I, I, you know, I get so much joy out of doing this podcast. I really do. And I really hope that, you know, that you guys get a fraction of that joy um, listening to, to, to my chats with these wonderful people. Um, as mentioned at the beginning, go and have a look in the archives because there's there's a stack of chats there with so many lovely people that have all given up their time to to talk about their life and the records that have made it, you know, even more even more beautiful. So go and go and have a rummage uh, in the archive. And if you want to support the podcast even better, you can do that on the Patreon. But you can find out about all of that stuff at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. In the meantime, um, be excellent to one another uh, and I'll see you soon. Love you lots. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, 
a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat & Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,